0: This month we've been in a series called Created for Significance, talked about purpose, talked about how God has shaped us, and today we're going to focus in how we need to invest our life, right, that's been given to us. We don't own it. We don't own our gifts. We don't own our intelligence. We don't own it, anything in our life. It's all been given to us by our creator, Jesus Christ, and we are the stewards of that, and so we're going we're gonna to focus on that this morning. I don't know about you, but love being in the presence of the Lord. So thanks for making that investment into your life today to be here, to gather together, to be in his presence, whether you're online or whether you're in this space. God is doing some amazing things across this nation. If you haven't caught up to speed with the Asbury Revival and what's happening on college campuses even since then, uh, students have been seeking God's presence and his face and God is showing up in amazing ways. It's the same God that we read about in the Old Testament. He's the same God today. And he wants to redeem and restore and bring healing and forgiveness to our nation, right? To us, to our to us as a people. But it's going to come out of prayer. It's going to come out of a heart of repentance seeking him. Amen. I encourage us as a church, we have many opportunities to gather together for corporate prayer, um, whether you're in like your groups, life groups, different groups, whether you're joining in for different prayer times. But let's continue to seek God's presence and open ourselves up to all he has for us. Amen. Let's pray today as we get into scripture. Lord, we thank you We identify your presence here this morning, God, and I thank you that each one of us is here for a specific reason. God, you want to speak to us today specifically from your word. So, God, I pray that you will open our ears, open our hearts, God, that you'll illuminate truth to us this morning. Lord, we thank you that you've given us your written word a map to life, all the answers that we need. Father, you've given us your heart and your wisdom in this beautiful love letter from Genesis to Revelation. God, may we not take that for granted, that you've given it to us. Lord, we thank you for this time together, and we pray that you will speak through your words today, your scriptures today, in your precious name. Amen. I don't know about you, but there were times in my life where I definitely questioned if I was created for anything significant. Anybody ever questioned that? Okay, just a couple of us. Awesome. <laughs> You've never struggled with that. That is incredible, wow. Um, you know, we all grow up with things that happen in our lives, right? And it affects how we view ourselves, it affects uh, what we think about the mistakes that we've made. And there were many, many years where I remember just crying. I've known Jesus since I was very little, since I was five, but that didn't mean life was perfect. And there were many times where I remember being in the quietness of my room, broken, and not understanding why things didn't look good, things weren't going good. And I remember the Lord saying, at some point, you know, this all will turn around for a testimony. There will be significance. The pain is not there just for it to be pain. If you give it to me, then your pain can become purpose. And of course, that takes a long time when you're dealing with hurt and pain and things from life. it doesn't. You don't just heal overnight. It was many, 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 many years of prayer, word, counseling, altar times, crying before the Lord, Lord, heal me. And a lot of times it was in my mind. The enemy of our soul tries to kill, steal, steal, and destroy. He wants nothing more than for you to think you have no significance here on this earth because then God can't use you if you're like, well, I don't deserve it. I'm nothing. I want to encourage us this morning to focus on the truth that we've been created for significance you have a purpose God has a plan you're not here by accident the gifts that you have in you the things that you love to do the things that are just naturally your personality it's all been done on purpose for a purpose that should make you feel really good and it's just figuring out then what do I do with all this right Well, that's what we're going to talk about today, how to invest your life. I'll tell you, I just keep coming to places over and over with the Lord where I just surrender. Lord, it's not my life, it's yours. Do with it what you want. And every time I come back to those places, the Lord takes that little that I have to offer, right? Like the little boy and the five loaves and the, you know, two loaves, five fish, five loaves, two fish. I always get that confused. He brings it, right? And Jesus takes it, breaks it, and blesses it. That's just been what my life has been all about. That's it. I only have this to offer you, Lord, but take it and then break it and bless it. And then the Lord gets the glory, right, for feeding the 5,000. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So turn with me to John chapter 3. We're going to look at this conversation that Jesus has with Nicodemus, So we're going to read quite a few verses in this segment. So please, it'll be on the screen if you don't have a device or your Bible with you. But this is just such an important conversation that Jesus has. And as we read it, I want you to picture Jesus talking to Nicodemus, all right? Visualize that. If you've seen the movie The Chosen, right, you can remember back to that clip when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, all right? and this is where we're starting this morning. I'm gonna read from the New Living Translation this morning. Here we go, you guys with me? You good? All right, you glad you're here today? All right, here we go. Jesus and Nicodemus. There was a man named Nicodemus. He was a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. See, Jesus didn't have office hours. He was, you know, just available. So, <laughs> just thought that was funny. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, just pause for a moment and imagine what Nicodemus is like. Be born again. Okay, I've already been born, you know, went through the process, and now you want me to do that again, right? I mean, he's a smart guy. He, he's a religious leader, so he's studied. But I'm sure, can you imagine what in his mind he's thinking? So he says, well, what do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb And be born again. Jesus replied, I love this. I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind but you can't see where it comes from or where it is going. So you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. Verse 9, he says, How are these things possible? Nicodemus asked. Jesus replied, You are a respected Jewish teacher, and yet you don't understand these things. I assure you, we tell you what we know and have seen, and yet you won't believe our testimony. But if you won't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? I love how Jesus' conversations go, right? He was always putting it back to like questions on the other person. I love that. Verse 13 says No one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on the pole in the wilderness, so the son of man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. And then we all know the famous, you know, John 3:16. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. So I know there's a whole lot going on right there. All right, but here we have this very intellectual man who knows the scriptures, religious man of the time and he's having these questions. And our savior, our Jesus is so great because he handles it so beautifully and puts the questions back on him, right? I love that. And he begins to walk and explain with him, what does it mean to be born again? To really know what that means to, you know, obviously not go back into your mother's womb, but to be born of the spirit. Why Jesus has come, not to judge Right? That's why so many of them missed him during the time when Jesus walked the earth because they wanted him to come as conquering king. And he came as savior, as the sacrificial lamb to lay down his life for them. And so today we're going to talk about a couple things, a couple investments that God has made into you. And this conversation is so important because it tells us what does it mean to be born again, right? Well, we have to die to ourselves. We have to accept Jesus as the one and only Savior. See, God has poured investments into each one of us. Isn't that incredible? He didn't just create us, put us on this earth, and then leave us alone. He poured into us. And that first thing is life. Every single one of us right here are alive. You're breathing, your heart's beating. We talked about it last week, how you were created in your mother's womb, divinely put together, giftings and characteristics, right? We've been given life. Do you realize as a humanity, we have gotten so far away from the sacredness of human life all across the way? That's why people are so easy to kill one another people shoot up, kill, you know, murder. All of this is so easy because nobody cares about life and where it started. God gave us life and he did that on purpose and for a purpose. If you go back to John 3 verse 4 and 6, 4 through 6, it says this. What do you mean? He said, how can an old man go back to his mother's womb? And Jesus said, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Humans can only reproduce human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. All right? And that's what we're talking about. When being born again, it's a spiritual rebirth. It's not a physical rebirth. So if you have known Jesus and he came into your life as a savior, That became a new birth. You are no longer what you were, but you are a brand new person in Christ. Amen? The fact that you are breathing is a gift from God. Do we see it that way? I know some of us in the room struggle with depression. You struggle with anxiety, fear. We doubt that there's even purpose to our lives. Sometimes you... I'm sure there are people that are like, you know what? I don't even want to live. What's the what's the point? Might as well just cash it in. That's the enemy: kill, steal, destroy. God has come to give us life, and life more abundantly. The fact that we're breathing is a gift from God. We have to believe that. We have to trust that. Amen. When God created Adam, way back in Genesis, there were several things that made Adam special. The first is this, God handcrafted Adam, right? He spoke everything else into being, but with Adam, he picked up dust and he formed Adam by shaping him with his hands, out of his love and out of his care. Eve was created from Adam, from a rib taken out of Adam and formed God breathed life into his nostrils, which gave him spirit. So different than everything else that was created. The third thing is that Adam and Eve were made in the very image of God. So every single one of us right now, we are all made in the image of God. We all reflect Jesus. We reflect God. Where did we go wrong where we left the wonder of that? looking at one another and being like, wow, what a masterpiece. Wow, you are the image of God. Instead we judge, instead we bring hate, we bring all these negative things into what we're dealing with because we forget that we're all created in the image of God. Life is sacred, life is important, and God has given it to us as a gift to not be wasted. But yet we waste it on things that don't matter. The fourth thing that made Adam so special was that he had personal choice. No other creature had personal choice. Adam was given the ability to choose. There's power in choice. We all have choice today to make the decisions to love Jesus or not, to live however we want to or not. God has invested his creativity, his power, and his spirit, and his image into us today. Have you even thought about that? Like, he's invested into you, the God of the universe that created everything. He's put investments into you, his creativity, his power, his spirit, his image There's significance in who we are because of what he has poured in. Amen? So the question is, what are we doing with that? What are you doing with the life that God has given you? It really isn't our life. He's given it to us to live and to steward here for 80-some years. Give or take some. Won't be as long. What are you doing with the life that God has given you? I think we all need to wake up. We need to to ask ourselves, what am I doing eternally? What am I doing that's making a difference in the kingdom? We get so bogged down by all the things in life that don't matter. Are you doing what God wants you to do? Are you just too busy doing what you want? These are hard questions that we need to take account in our own life and ask Because God has invested into us life. You have breath in your lungs. There's purpose. There's plans. God wants to use you for his kingdom purposes. You're not just here to take up space. You're not a mistake. You're not a failure. Although oftentimes those things can come into our minds, right? The Bible says take captive those thoughts and make them obedient to Christ. Because again, if if you're thinking those things, that's coming from the enemy. That is not God. God created you. A masterpiece. Not perfect. We all make mistakes. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's why we needed Jesus. That's why we need forgiveness. But he's given us life. You know, I'm looking at my life. I'm leaning towards being 50. You know, i got a little bit left, but I'm heading, you know, like, huh. But really I mean think about it you know we're we you know they say, kind of say 70ish years that's that's like 20 some years left now my my grandmothers all lived like 99 100 I mean so we got longevity on our side but still the point is life is a mist it can be gone tomorrow and Jesus has come that we would have life and life to the full while we're here But we've got to understand that he's given us life for a purpose, all right? It matters. You matter. You're significant. It's not a waste. No matter what you've done, all the failures, all the... God can take that and turn a mess into a message. Somebody said that the other day. I Just, you know? But what are you doing with it, all right? That's the first thought. The, other, the second thought is this. <laughs> He gives us new life. All right? So he gives us life, right? So we're we're born and we're living, but then he gives us new life through Jesus. Right? Jesus comes, dies for our sin. John 3:16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will have eternal life. We can have new life through Jesus Christ. If you don't know Jesus as your personal savior today, this scripture, John 3.16, is it. You ask Jesus to come into your heart, forgive you of your sins, to be your Lord and Savior. The Bible says anyone that believes on him will not perish and have eternal life. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for the new life that I have in Jesus. Although I came to know Jesus at a very young age, he's helped me and been there all throughout my life. I've not walked it alone. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. Some of you need to be reminded of that today. You're not the same person that you were before you met Jesus. The moment you say yes to him as Lord and Savior, things change. You don't become perfect overnight. You certainly, the problems don't go away. But scripture says that when you belong to him, you become a new person. The old is gone and the new has come. That process of then trying to be like him daily, right? Jesus, I want to be like you from glory to glory. Thank you for making me new through Jesus Christ. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Jesus gave up his life so we could have ours. Jesus came so that you could experience the new birth, right? The birth of the spirit. The old life that was ruined by Adam's sin has now been redeemed by what Jesus did on the cross for us, for you, The gift of life that God gave to humanity has been restored because of what Jesus did so that we can have new life. Not just life, life that was full of sin, but then new life through Jesus. And he offers it to us as a gift. He offers it to all of humanity. Take this gift, this free gift of new life, of salvation, of eternal life, forgiveness of sins. You don't have to pay for it. God's like, I already had my son do that. You just have to say yes to the invitation and then begin to walk out the journey of knowing Jesus and following him that we call that discipleship around here. We're all in the process of becoming more like Jesus. Nobody's got it figured out here at this church, <laughs> let me tell you. We all need, you heard it early. we're desperately in need of Jesus, but our desire is to walk with him every day. Amen? So we've been given life, but then we've been given new life, a new creation in Christ, no longer bound to the sins that were before. Freedom, those things broken off in the name of Jesus. But we've got to choose to receive that gift. Romans 6.23 says this, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Guys, we don't don't focus enough on this. We were headed towards death, our sin. But then Jesus came, and all of a sudden, (laughs) there's a free gift for that eternal life. Salvation, all of a sudden, is because of Jesus. We no longer have to pay the wages of those sins if only we receive. Amen? Amen? The third thing is this then, so we're given life, we're given new life by the Holy Spirit and then empowered life by what the Holy Spirit wants to do in us and through us. John 3, turn with me to John 3 verse 34 and it says this. For the one, oh they, no that's the wrong scripture, I'm sorry. Empowered life by the Holy Spirit. for he sent he is sent by God. He speaks God's word, for God gives him the spirit without limit. <laughs> Sorry, that was. Empowered life, Spirit. So thankful for the Holy Spirit, aren't you? He gives us the power <laughs> without limit. Acts one eight says this. Guys, remember, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, and in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit wants to pour out on us so that we can be his witnesses. Again, going back to the purpose of why we've been created for Significance. Not just to be born, not just to be alive, but for a purpose. And we need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to do that. We cannot do that on our own. Jesus needed this anointing of the Holy Spirit, the empowerment, to accomplish his mission of saving the world. Jesus needed that. Hello, right? So how much more do we need that Holy Spirit for what God's wanting us to do? When a person is anointed, it means simply that they're set apart for a special task or purpose. In the Old Testament, there were three offices or positions that required people to be anointed. All right? One was the priests. They were anointed before they could take up service in the, the temp- temple. The prophets were often anointed before they were the spokespersons for God. And then kings. Kings were anointed before they could take the throne and proclaim it over a nation. All right. So before we're heading out and going to do anything for God, we need to be empowered by his spirit, just like Jesus, so that we can walk in this dark world. Amen? We need the power of the Holy Spirit. But there's this thing called sin that gets in the way sometimes. Sin acts as a barrier to the work of the Spirit. Sin separates us from God. The more we sin each and every day and we don't ask for forgiveness, all of a sudden, all the sin keeps putting a wedge in between us and God. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. That's why it's so important that we come to Jesus daily And ask the Lord to forgive us, to wash us of our sins, to free us from those things. So that we don't have barriers between us and God, between us and the Holy Spirit. I want to be a vessel, a free vessel that's not clogged. Doesn't have a lot of junk in it, right? So that God can just pour out his spirit, pour out all of heaven into me. That there's not blockages. Amen? Sin keeps us from receiving all that God wants to give us. That's why it's so important to bring all that sin to Jesus and lay it at his feet, lay it at the cross of Jesus so that he can wash you clean, wash you clear. Once our sins are forgiven, then he sets us apart for his purposes. God wants to set you apart for the purposes that he has for your life. So back to the question earlier, what kind of return is God getting for his investment into your life? They call it the R, return of investment, right, ROI? What kind of investment is God getting for all that he's invested into you? It's a great question that we all need to think about today and ponder in our heart couple things that can help us with that is this. Number one, we've got to serve God with our life. Serve God with our life, which just means, Jesus, I surrender my talents, my gifts, my dreams to you. I give it to you as an offering. Do with my life what you will. It's one way Another thing we can do is offer the Lord. We can worship God with our heart. Give God our heart and soul and mind and spirit. Daily, come with Him. Lord, I worship you today. I give you my heart and my soul. What do you need me to do? Who do you need me to love today? Who do you need me to reach out to? Another thing is we can honor God with our actions. by being, by doing, by being that example to the world. Love does, right? We can say a lot of things, right? But love is action. God needs us to be love in action, to put our our words into action for this world that desperately needs Jesus, that needs his love, that needs his grace. But it's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take us putting our lives on the altar and saying, Not my will, Jesus, but your will be done. Amen. There's a missionary um, growing up and when I was in ministry school, I I so loved the story of Jim Elliott. How many of you have heard of the Elliott missionary story? Okay. There's a famous quote that he had, had said, and it's really been really captioned to his life, and it says this, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep, to gain what he cannot lose. And that really applies to so much in life as a Christian. And I don't know if you know the story of Jim Elliot and his family, but they were called to go to the Aka people. And it was himself and a few other guys and their families, and they showed up to this place, this region, where these Tribal folks, were not; they had not seen people, they were not accepting of the gospel, but yet they were called to go to this very hard place to bring the light and love of Jesus to this dark world. And see, these missionaries showed up, and they were doing love, they were loving, they were trying to reach out to them, and eventually they ended up being killed by the Akas, the five guys, the five men. I'd encourage you to to read the story if you haven't. It's an incredible incredible story. They actually had the ability, they had guns and things that they could have fought back, but they didn't because they knew that they were there for a purpose and that somehow God was going to bring that around. Well, if you fast forward to the end of the story, that's tragic, obviously. Five men giving up their lives as martyrs. But the wives, Elizabeth Elliot and their daughter and, and some of the others end up after being able to forgive them going back to that very place to minister to the very same people that killed their husbands. Wow. We don't understand forgiveness like that. We don't understand like love like that. But there was purpose to what they were doing and God used that. And many, many, many in that place, came to know Jesus. Incredible story of sacrifice, right? Of giving up your life. That was like literal. Most of us aren't ever going to be called to like literally give up our life. But we are being called to give up our life to Jesus. And what can he do with that? What kind of investment are you returning to him? It's a great question. As we close and worship team, if you would come on up. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to look at a couple scriptures, and then we're going to pray. Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. It says this, Do not store up treasures here on earth, where moths eat them and rust destroys them, and where thieves break in and steal All right, it says, store up for yourself treasures in heaven. All right, where moth and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Don't leave this life and go to heaven empty-handed without allowing your life to be used of the Lord. Invest your life. Invest your money. Invest your time. Invest your gifts. He's given it to us for a reason and a purpose. And the question is, what are you doing with it? What are you doing with that investment that God has placed in your life? And that's a question that we want to ask ourselves today, so let's do this. Why don't you go ahead and stand to your feet, and let's close your eyes in this moment.